Welcome to the Moments of Illumination podcast. Each episode, you will hear stories from everyday people sharing remembrances of a shift in consciousness, self-discovery, or moments of illumination. This is Linda, your host. Today's episode is Mental Fasting to Direct Revelation. Hi, Amber. I'm so happy to have you on this show. Amber Kane is a writer and performer from New York City who now lives on the West Coast. She works as an arts therapist helping clients recover through creativity. I met you at an online event with David Hoffmeister, and you relayed your story about your direct revelation with God at that event. And... I immediately thought, I've got to reach out to her and see if she would like to be a guest on my show. So I'm really delighted to have you. I'm wondering if we can start off with your definition of revelation, and then maybe you can go right into your story about your direct experience. I don't remember ever coming across the term revelation, even though I did read it, I just didn't remember it, but it didn't mean anything to me because I didn't, I hadn't experienced it. So it it really just went over my head, but reading it now, it's crystal clear. It says, um, revelation induces complete, but temporary suspension of doubt and fear. And I remember when the experience happened to me, when I, I had gone on a mental diet, I had starved myself of negative thinking for a week, I would gorged myself on positive thinking for a week, even if I didn't believe these positive things about myself or God or the world or other people, I just really gorged on a lot of like Louise Hay affirmations and... Um, just was as kind to myself as I possibly could because I was, I was experiencing uh, devastating and dangerous depression. Uh, there was this, this was like a voice in my head, um, not a voice that I could hear, but like a, just a, a narrator in my head trying to get me to end my life or to just feel terrible about myself. So anyway, I went on this mental diet and at the end of the diet, the last day of the diet is when I had the revelation. And, but before the end of the diet, just in the middle of the diet on day four or five, I had already turned my mind from a very hostile, homicidally um, angry environment that really want, it didn't seem like a suicidal environment because I didn't think I wanted to kill myself, but I felt that there was some narrator in my head that wanted me dead and then not just dead, but suffering after death as well. It was awful. And, uh, um, and it would, it, beca- it was such negativity in my head and it would call me awful names and tell me to run into traffic and, tell me I was a failure, uh, 
and I was just a kid, you know, at the time. Uh, I was 19 years old, and um, and it finally convinced me to, uh, in order, I had a terrible headache, and it convinced me to basically swallow a bottle of painkillers to get rid of my headache. And it said, basically, if you, if you, if you swallow these painkillers, your headaches will go away, and my voice will go away too. of a very deep and dangerous depression, Amber was attempting to get rid of the negativity in her head through a mental fast. And what happened next, she did not foresee and had no desire to do. But I swallowed the bottle of painkillers, and it was a full bottle out of prescription painkillers. Uh, I was staying at a, a, a friend's house, and they, they had this, this medication in the medicine cabinet. And I swallowed it all. And then the voice said, gotcha, God, you're stupid. And I realized, oh, my God, you know, I've got, I just poisoned myself. Um, and uh, I could die. So, so that's when I realized, okay, um, I have a real mental problem you know, happening. So I've got to get these uh, painkillers out of my body and I've got to get this voice out of my head. So, you know, I, I, I did the things necessary to expel the painkillers and I went to the hospital and I spent a very scary night in the psych ward and then they released me the next day and I went straight to the bookstore to find books on truth with a capital T and positive thinking and how to make your mind your friend and science of mind. I found everything I could afford and um, ended up doing this seven day mental diet, uh, which was something, it was a pamphlet written by Emmett Fox in I think the forties or the fifties. And, um, and that's just what it was. And it seemed like an impossible feat to, not dwell on any negative thoughts for seven whole days around the clock. It just seemed impossible to a person who hated herself or whose mind hated her and was out to kill her. You know, the book explained how to do it. You know, you just uh, distract yourself if you notice a negative thought. It's okay, it's okay that it's there. Just acknowledge it and don't jump on the train and entertain it. You know, just um, tie your shoes, untie your shoes, tie them back again turn in a circle, wash the dishes, go on a run, watch a funny movie, and most of all, gorge yourself on true things, you know, not like true thoughts, like thoughts about God's love and about um, your your real identity and things that I didn't believe and, and that I loved myself and that God loved me and that there was a God. And none of those things were things that I even believed at the time. Uh, and I, th I thought if there ever was a God, he's not available to me anymore. I'm, I'm too much of a failure. Um, so, but, so it was really a painful, uh, diet to go through, but I didn't want to die. And I saw how serious this was, you know, having it, you know, been almost, 
you know, with this with this suicidal gesture and this overnight of the psych ward. So I was determined to just push through it. And so I, I told myself and I would look in the mirror and say all these wonderful, loving things to myself. And it made my stomach turn, Linda. It just, it made my, you know, and, and my head would shout back at me, oh, you're so pathetic. This is a new low for you. You know, who do you think you're kidding? And, and, but I would just persist until my mind got the message and it just got the message that, okay, um, I am not this woman's enemy anymore. This mind is, it's like, um, like a, like a virus in a computer mind that's trying to, sh- to, to kill a computer. And it was just like yes. new programming came in and it was following new software and the virus was gone. And now the new software was mending the computer and the computer was now, you know, my mind, the computer was now just a tool in my service. And it was, uh, my mind was a friendly environment for me. And, you know, so by the fifth day, I was, I was, I was happy. I was in a, I was in a good state of mind. And then um, by the seventh day of the diet, that's when I, um, I took a nap and I woke up from the nap and I walked into the bathroom and that's when the revelation began. There was no calling on this experience. It was just a matter of preparing for it and allowing it to come of itself. Amber didn't know what was coming next, but it was clear that actively choosing to replace negative thoughts with positive ones and a deep rest precipitated the coming of the experience. When I opened the bathroom door, I did not see a bathroom. I didn't see a shower or sink. I, I, the tile floor, I just saw an endless abyss of the brightest white light I, I'd ever experienced and unbelievably bright. And I moved, I wasn't conscious of having a body, but it was, I would say, I usually tell a story, I say like I stepped foot into the bathroom, but I didn't even really have a foot at that point because there was nothing in existence but this light, you know, and then I was just sort of this invisible observer or experiencer of this light. And I moved into the light and I felt myself... um sinking into this sort of luscious cushion of endless peace and bliss and joy and freedom and love, just true love. And I realized that every decision I'd ever made in my life was understood. Uh, God did not, um, you know fault me or criticize me, have any criticize, criticisms of me whatsoever. Um, and when I say God, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't even think I knew God at that point, but when I beheld this light and felt this unbelievably, uh, true and unconditional love, 
it was a maximal expression of love, I realized, well, if there is such a God, this is it, you know? This light has an identity, and its identity is love, and this love is my creator. And it was very clear that that was just the truth, and I knew it. And it was like I remembered it, you know? I said, I said Aha, right, I forgot. This is my home. This is where I've been the whole time. And my life, from the moment I opened my eyes at the moment of my birth, had been a dream. All the form and color and people and objects that I had seen in this planet and in New York City or whatever, and all the drama I'd experienced, had all just been a dream, like a, like a movie I'd been watching with all five of my senses. And I'd never left this light. I was there all the time. That's actually the only reality. And so then I realized, um, I realized the meaning of certain like Buddhist bookmarks when the, the Buddha was asked, are you a god or a man? And the Buddha answered, I am awake. And it, and it all made perfect sense. And then the Course in Miracles, which I had been reading for uh, three years up until that point, I, I started at age 16, I, it, it made sense. And I understood that everything in that book was absolutely, literally true. It wasn't a metaphor. It was... It was a, it was a textbook. It was it was it was the truth, and life really was a dream that I was dreaming, and now I was awake and I was at home, and I didn't know what I had done correctly to land myself back home, but I was thrilled to be home, and it, it was an extended moment. It wasn't just a few seconds. It was like. Not a full minute, but it was it was almost a full minute. Um, I'd say 44 to 47 seconds spent in this experience. And in this eternal moment, I felt that um, all the love and all the happiness and the wisdom, I mean, the things that I understood and things that suddenly made sense to me, but, but the love, everything was expanding, uh, that it was it was increasing like let's say tenfold with every passing instant. And so I got used to this feeling that reality is just joy and that joy increases tenfold with every instant. And it goes on like that forever. And that's reality. And that's all reality is. And it wasn't as though, you know, God's love for me was increasing, although that might have been the case because maybe God is increasing all the time, even though God's already infinite. I don't know. I think that it was more my capacity to to experience God was increasing. And so I was becoming ever closer to becoming one with that light, which was my creator. I was just so happy. I, 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 and, and fear and, and pain became impossible. They were completely impossible. And, and I didn't have to do anything. God was thinking my thoughts for me. And I realized that God's doing this all the time. God's downloading thoughts into our minds all the time. Uh, the same thought into all our minds all the time. Um, and it's God's thought, and it's big, and it's it's multifaceted, but it's just truth. And 
it's available to listen to if you just choose to um, quiet the noise of the world or turn your attention away from the darkness or, or just entertain for a moment that light and love might be the truth. And I, I guess it's because I had sort of um, uh, availed myself to this possibility because of the seven day mental diet I did uh, where I turned, I just turned the dark noise off and I let the light in and I just was, I, I was maybe, it was like a, um, it primed me to be able to hear the voice of God, to feel the the love of God and to see the light of God. And, and, and it was wonderful. And then I finally had a thought of my, oh, 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 and it connected me to everyone else. Like I realized that everyone has their own individual love affair going on with God, you know, and we all love each other, but we all know that we each have an individual thing with the creator. It's, it's like we've got our unique experience and we're not jealous of each other. We're happy for each other um, because it's, even though our relationships with God are different, they're, they're all expressions of his, or, or let's say his, her, their maximal love for us. So that was another thing that I realized. And then finally, I don't know how, but I had a thought. Um, and it wasn't because God had been thinking for me. Uh, but then I decided to think for myself. Amber discovers the importance of having the universal experience as she relates back to her personal belief system. If only I had known, you know, if only I had known this were true the whole time. I'd been in my life suffering and struggling and living in poverty and being very angry, having a very contentious relationship with my mother. Uh, you know, having been heartbroken by my mother and feeling abandoned by her at a young age and, and never getting over that. Um, uh, I, and feeling competitive with, uh, with, with other people and feeling I needed to prove myself. And I, I thought to myself, if only I'd known that this is the truth, that this light is, is home and that this love is always available to me and that God is supporting me in everything that I do. If only I'd known that this is true, that love is real, and this is the rest of it is just a dream, I would have lived my life differently. Um, because I thought, you know, I thought I had made it back to the light and I was going to be there forever, for all eternity. But I thought, uh, well, I'm glad I'm going, I'm glad I'm home, but if only I'd known this earlier, I would have done things differently. I would have been kinder to my mother because I would have realized that she's not my real parent or creator. She's not my source for unconditional love. If I need love, I've got God right here. Um, and so I would have been understanding with her. And I also would have moved more confidently 
in the direction of my dreams because I would have realized that God supports me in everything that I do. And as soon as I had that thought, snap, I'm back in the bathroom and I see the shower and the tile and the sink and and I'm, I'm sort of uh, collapsed on the floor. Um, not collapsed, but like sort of in a, my, my knees had buckled, you know, and I was sort of in a ball on the floor and so angry, you know, so angry I really wanted to go back to the light I didn't want to be back in the dream but the good news was uh well well further good news was that I just continued doing this diet this this mental dieting and and it was the, the longer I did it the easier it became so it became effortless to to wake up especially after this experience to wake up and be happy to be alive to know that God is with me to feel love, to feel love for myself, to feel love for everyone I met, to forgive my mother, to not have any, you know, um, any sort of uh, resentment toward her or against her because I had all the love I needed. And, and life became just a happy dream, like a sort of earthly paradise for the next five to six months, you know, as long as I continued to uh, think in this manner and, and take the time to be with God. And I continued studying the course. Um, and I knew I could, not, I could not possibly have understood just from reading the book what it meant. I had to have the experience. Um, but once I had the experience, it was much easier to understand the book. Um, yeah. So that, so that was the revelation. Um, I'll read another part of... The definition of re revelation. Um, uh, it says, revelation reflects the original form of communication between God and his creations, involving the extremely personal sense of creation, sometimes sought in physical relationships. Physical closeness cannot achieve it. Miracles, however, are genuinely interpersonal and result in true closeness to others. Revelation unites you directly with God. That was true. Miracles unite you directly with your brother. Um, and then the last part it says uh, is, neither emanates from consciousness, but both are experienced there. Uh, and that was my experience. You know, it, revel revelation, it was a one-way communication. It was God talking to me. I wasn't talking back to God. Uh, but I was directly united with with my with my creator, and and realized that I had never been separated from my creator to begin with. It seems like you didn't want to return from the experience because it was so beautiful and perfect, but it did reveal to you what your life grievance or situation was up and into that point I think you were 19 yes 19 and now ready to face life with this experience of God at hand life was wonderful like I said it was like an earthly paradise once I got that second chance and I and I and I used it and I continued to remember the truth and you know the only time I got into trouble is when um I started focusing on ideas in the world and, and, you know, not just just not doing the things that I needed to do to maintain that 
consciousness of truth and that and that direct communication with my creator. The importance of your whole story to me has been about the will and how determining your way through the darkness led to the revelatory experience. And as a as a kid, I thought of myself as as, as quite willful and, and and with very strong willpower. But as an adult, I never considered myself to have much willpower. Um, but I do have strong emotion, and when I pray with emotion behind it, I you know things do shift and move. Um, uh, so, yeah. What do you think? interrupted the experience for you the i think the only thing that came uh in to interrupt that or what what's what what interrupted that experience and that flow was judgment just you know me choosing to judge myself judge others and it just shut off the truth you know and um that that was it and then as soon as i stopped doing that you know it i i was connected again and 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 I, and and, I, and it had to be i really had to show the face of love to anyone who god put on my path like with without exception and and why wouldn't i you know because they were just another child of god they could do me no harm Yes. One of the reasons why I started this podcast is so we could have a platform to share these stories and we could demonstrate that these experiences come from people of all walks of life and of all religions and no religion. It's really important to emphasize the fact that there are conditions that we meet in which this experience comes of itself. So it was really a joy to hear your story again today, Amber. Thanks very much for being on the show. Thank you. Um, and it was a pleasure to share the story. Uh, it really was. It wasn't a chore. It was quite a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Moments of Illumination podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at moi.podcast or email us at momentsofillumination at gmail.com.